0: As your kids are learning to do life, they're going to encounter failure at some point. And uh, boy, even as I say that, I think of the time that one of my kids was in a play and they just couldn't get through the stage fright and had to kind of slink off to the side in failure. That's a coaching moment. I had another child who uh, in school took a class and basically failed the class because they just couldn't keep up with the schedule. Uh, These are wonderful opportunities for you to come alongside your child and help them learn some perseverance. We're going to talk about that today. I'm John Fuller, along with Dr. Danny Huerta. He heads up our parenting team here. And Danny, um, I'm guessing that pretty often with the right words and coaching, kids can bounce back pretty strong after a failure. But that doesn't always happen, does it?
1: It doesn't. For certain personalities, it's more difficult than others. I've, I've seen a lot of athletes be able to fail. They're used to failing and they, come, they bounce right back from that. And then you see some personalities where the kid sees it as an absolute failure. I'm never going to do that again. I remember when uh, this, this young man had uh, failed in an academic, it was a test. And from then on, he just said, "I'm just, I'm just stupid. I'm dumb. He had not learned how to fail at academics. He was a very smart kid, and this really hit him on the side, and he yeah. couldn't bounce back. It took some time for him to realize this was an opportunity to know what I know and to now try it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a great growth moment for yeah. this young man.
0: I remember we, uh, Jim and I were at a college, a Christian college, and the president noted that one of the biggest challenges that they had was a student population that never had failed. Until they got to this college. <laughs> it's gotta happen sometime, yes, sooner does. or later, and uh, we wanna encourage you when it does happen, especially uh, that's good if it's in the home. Kay Wyma is a mom. She's really passionate about this, and uh, you can hear her heart as she shares now with Jim Daly. Well, I was really proud of Jean. I mean, she's a science
2: person. You know, she did her degree in biochemistry, so I remember with the kids' first science projects. I was kind of sitting here thinking, oh, okay, yeah, who's going to do it? Mom or,
1: the, <laughs>
2: or one of the boys. And and both of us kind of agreed we weren't going to bail them out. They were going to do their pathetic science <laughs> experiments. Yes, but it's there. <laughs> no, I no, so, Okay, I'm we had an
3: Indian village that truly was pathetic. It was, I mean, the kid took a glue gun and some toothpicks and literally globbed it on. Put the toothpicks on and put it in the class, which I'm just saying next to the to the Indian village with a water feature. It did not look so great, you <laughs> know. Who
2: built the water feature?
3: Well, we know who did. <laughs> and and what's interesting is that I could think, well, that could be devastating because the water, fe- you know, he's looking. They aren't that. My kid did his own project. Okay, so he was like, yeah, that's my project. But the kid whose parent did the project knows who did the project, right. And it comes in uh, this summer. There was a there's a Pittsburgh Steeler player whose kid was given a tr- a trophy a participation trophy is two children a six and an eight-year-old and because I'm not a football person I don't know the name of the person that is but he went on Twitter and took those trophies away and he said I don't want my kid having a participation trophy because it it makes it you know it sends them a message that's just not true they didn't win and, uh, and and there you go. We have this give everyone a ribbon, give everyone a trophy, because you want them to feel good about themselves. Well,
2: now let's parlay this into the theme of your book, Cleaning House, a mom's 12-month experiment uh, to rid her home of youth entitlement. Uh, you talk about work in the home. Right. Yeah. And uh, this is a fun one. So all the moms <laughs> and dads are now leaning in. And, you know, Gene and I, I don't know about you and Dina, John, but I mean, this is a constant thing besides saying please and thank you. This would be right. The runner up to Does that, seem that like it, is it. getting chores done around the house. Yeah. And I can say the boys are doing a much better job than when they were a little younger, but it's a constant parenting thing, getting yeah. the kids to participate, to do it well, right, and to understand the benefit of work.
3: Yes, and, and there, it's interesting. The Wall Street Journal did an article not long ago talking about why kids need chores. And actually, it is proven that they are more successful adults. These kids that have chores when they're age two and three are more successful adults, which for me, uh, I, I might sit there and go, oh, gosh, I can't go back. We're so far down the road. (laughs) Did we mess up? But the truth is you can start at any time. So it's Mm. not like, oh, if you don't start by two or three. And I've watched these families. I've had a great opportunity to go speak at different venues throughout the country. And these parents and moms that are stepping in, letting their two and three-year-olds do things that normally for safety reasons, you know, they wouldn't be allowed to do because you can't cut the strawberries. It involves a knife. And yet what happens to a kid when they do that, it's all this independence and self-confidence that you hope for them to have, that we think that's coming on the other side of these quote successes, which is why that, that Steelers player took the trophies away. because the message that's implied in that is terrible, and the kids hear it. But when they do these things on the, on their own, boy, you can't pay for that. It's unbelievable what it does to their confidence level. They will look at mountains, and see them as opportunities rather than obstacles. And, and that is the American dream. Go back to the Founding Fathers. I mean, it was like, you show me the furthest boundary, I'm going there. Huh. And I love that thought. George Washington at 14, surveying Culpeper County, writing the maps by himself, without his mother. At 14. Yeah, well just think about it. Abraham Lincoln on the Ohio River. Really, these were kids. They were people that are the same people today. Do you know what I mean? I do. The, the society has absolutely changed because you can't even go and find your child, your 14-year-old, a, a job because of the regulations and the issues that come with insurance that you can't employ a 14-year-old. And it seems like such a disservice. It's like that kid needs to be bagging groceries because you know what? Mrs. McGillicuddy going to yell at him when he puts the milk on the grapes. And, and he might listen to her instead of the yappy, you know, the mother. Don't do it that way. Well, how
2: do we do that then in this environment where it's safety, conscious and regulation orientation I mean how do we get our children those opportunities to fail to put the milk on the grapes or the eggs and uh, in a way that uh, is you know safe and controllable. Yeah,
3: because it's seeming like the opportunities to fail are getting fewer and far between. And that sounds kind of mean, but it really isn't mean. And and it's kind of informing them, by the way, these paths to the people that you see that are successful really is paved by failure. I mean, if a kid likes the, the Harry Potter series, for example, she was turned down hundreds of times, not two or three but hundreds and kept going back with a manuscript will someone look at it and uh we see the end of the day where it looks all beautiful but you the lights that we are looking at thomas edison failure 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 oh then it works and so the failures so precede the successes and it and it it lets you know that you can get up and so what do you do work together well
0: and that's teaching tenacity it
3: really is
0: Danny, we heard about Thomas Edison and how often he failed and how he overcame failure. What about the parent whose child is just disappointed and discouraged and says, I can't get up, and I, I tried that once. I failed. I'm never going to do it again.
1: Well, John, if you picture the, the, the many times that he failed, if you put that on a sheet of paper, that would be a lot before he got to success yeah. with Thomas Edison. I love what Kay said, too. She said, get up. That, those are big words. When you failed, you don't feel like getting up. So it's not about feelings. Yet with us as parents, we want to step in there and with patience, validate the feelings they have in the moment with what they see. Hmm. They see that they're, they're, you know, maybe they've done something wrong or they feel they failed or they're not measuring up. When you see that, the emotions make sense that your child's feeling. So validate that, but then use the and. And what do you think would be the best response to this? What do you think you need to do in order to have it be different next time? Mm. And, man, I wonder what it's going to be like the next time you try this. i'm I'm your biggest cheerleader. And with your with your nonverbals, uh, you you bring an energy to that moment. Uh, if you're frustrated with the discouragement, you guys are gonna get stuck there. Mm. But if you with excitement, look with curiosity, with the potential of what could be your child will go there with you yeah so even
0: as we're having this conversation i'm thinking uh you know i, I don't think i shared enough of my own personal failings with my mm. kids and how i True. processed all that is there a role for
1: that here there is you want to be careful not to Step out of their story and go to your own, and it's always a teaching moment. It's just, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna go into this moment with you. But there are some moments where maybe a story relates perfectly, or in the zip code, and yeah, bring that in because there's a relatability. Yeah,
0: well, Danny and his team on our parenting department have put together a new online page. It's filled with terrific content, and the website is focusonparenting.com. We'll link over to it in the show notes. Uh, it's really robust, lots of great resources. You're going to hear uh, the kind of heart and wisdom you've heard today. Uh, check that out. And then for more of Kay Wyma's insights, get a copy of the book Cleaning House, which is available for a monthly pledge or a one-time gift to the Ministry of Focus on the Family. Uh, make that donation of any amount, either monthly or one time. Uh, request the book. Uh, the link is in the show notes. We'll continue the conversation with Kay next time. For now, on behalf of Dr. Danny Huerta and our entire team, I'm John Fuller, and thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast.